From the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery, I'm Josh Young, and this is As Seen From Here. On today's podcast, putting a square edge in a round hole. The pathological findings were more severe in eyes implanted with 3D lenses with the square anterior optic edges. First this. This year's ASCRS annual symposium was great. I learned a lot that I'm applying to my practice right now. If I have any complaint, it's that I couldn't get to all the sessions I wanted to because some of them overlapped. That's why I'm so excited about the new ASCRS Media Center. More than 1,300 sessions from that meeting are now available through this great new resource. See what you missed or revisit the most interesting sessions. The Media Center is free to all meeting attendees. Stay tuned after the podcast for more information. Look, I'm no dope. I know that putting a one-piece square-edged acrylic IOL in the ciliary sulcus is a bad idea. The haptics do not extend widely or forcefully enough, and they can chafe the posterior surface of the iris. So instead, I've been putting three-piece acrylic lenses in the ciliary sulcus and all this time thinking that I was smart. Well, Liliana Werner has, as usual, put me in my place. She's just published results of a paper looking at sulcus placement of square-edged acrylic lenses, and the news is not good. Those of you familiar with this podcast know that Liliana is one of my favorite guests, and I'm excited to welcome her back today. Why are some IOLs designed with square edges in, in the first place? There is a strong evidence in the literature supporting the role of a square edge on the posterior optic surface for uh, prevention of posterior capsule opacification. So there are different in vitro, animal, and clinical studies all demonstrated that this is an important design feature for PCO prevention, and this is to create a more effective barrier against cell proliferation on the posterior capsule. Therefore, all the modern IOLs usually employ this square edge and lower rates of PCO have been observed as a result. But some lenses also have a square edge on the anterior optic surface, while other lenses maintain the square edge only on the posterior surface, but they incorporate a rounded edge on the anterior surface. Because presumably the the purpose of the square edge is to prevent migration along that posterior surface. Exactly. To prevent posterior capsule opacification. Mm-hmm. Now, putting aside the issue of IOL edge design, what sorts of complications are observed in sulcus fixation of an IOL? So the lens is usually more anteriorly located than when the lens is fixated inside of the bag. So there is posterior iris chafing by the loop or the optic portion of the so-called fixated lens, and this may cause a spectrum of disorders. And this could include, for example, iris transillumination defects, pigmentary dispersion with or without elevation of the intraocular pressure, 
intermittent microhysemas and what is known as uveitis glaucoma hysema syndrome, the UGH syndrome. Chronic inflammation may lead to cystoid macular edema, so CME is also a concern in these cases. That's why symmetric in the bag IOL fixation with a complete coverage of the optic periphery by the capsulorexis edge is the ideal situation because this is going to help prevent the interaction between the lens and the posterior iris surface. We're going to be talking about uh, the the problems that can arise with putting in a square edge three piece lens uh, in the in the sulcus, which is something that that I've that I've done. But before we even get to that topic, mm-hmm. let me ask you: Why is it inadvisable to place a one piece? hydrophobic acrylic IOL in the sulcus? So regarding um, the one-piece lenses um, in general, but more particularly the design that we evaluated in our study that was published in ophthalmology. So this is because of the flexibility, the thickness, the bulk of its haptics, and also the square optic and haptic edges with unpolished side walls. Uh, in addition, the haptics of the one-piece lens, they are planar. So, therefore, the lens do not vault the optic posteriorly away from the iris. The overall lens diameter is up to 13 millimeters, and this, is, um, this can be too short for many eyes. So, if the haptics do not fully extend because of their low compressive force, the lens is going to be prone to discentration in the ciliary sulcus of larger eyes. Therefore, implantation of these lenses in the sulcus is really not recommended, and this design is actually not indicated for sulcus fixation in the direction for use labeling. Just to go over the, the points that, that you just mentioned and to, and to list them, sort of, the, the problems with uh, sulcus placement of a one-piece uh, square-edge lens, let's say like the SA60 lens or the SN60 lens, Mm-hmm. Um, is number one that these big chunky square haptics themselves tend to cause um, uh, all, all of the problems that we mentioned with uh, yes. sulcus fixated lenses only only more so because these are big square um, haptics. Number two, and thick, very thick, yeah, very yes. thick, yeah. And number two, the um, the the force with which the haptics expand outward push outward is very very weak with with these with these lenses number mm-hmm. 3 that the diameter of the lenses including the haptics is is probably too short to uh, keep these these lenses centered for many of the eyes yes yeah for mm-hmm. many of the eyes great okay so what question did your study seek to answer well, um, since the introduction of the one-piece hydrophobic acrylic lenses in the market, there are these reports on complications related to the presence of these haptics in the sulcus, whether this fixation site was inadvertent or elective, for example, after a complication. Similar complications were also reported with three-piece hydrophobic acrylic lenses, those with a square edge on the anterior optic surface, when they were in a piggyback configuration or even when they were in a standard sulcus placement. But all of these reports were generally based on clinical studies and sometimes with um, analysis of explanted intraocular lenses. So the objective of the study that we did was to provide pathological evidence of complications related to the out-of-the-bag fixation 
of one-piece or three-piece hydrophobic acrylic lenses with anterior and posterior square optic edges. This study was then published in ophthalmology. The lead author was Kevin Kirk. He is a medical student here at the University of Utah. This was his summer project. Liliana, can I get you to describe the design of this study? Yes, absolutely. So, we have here in the Moranai Center in our laboratory an ongoing study on human eyes obtained post-mortem and the pseudophagic. For this particular study, we analyzed more than 600 pseudophagic cadaver eyes from eye banks within the United States. They had different intraocular lenses. So we did imaging of the anterior segment of each eye sometimes with a high-frequency ultrasound system and sometimes with a high-resolution anterior segment MRI. The, the MRI analysis were actually done by Susan and Larry Strang in Cleveland. So the information such as position of the implant in relation to intraocular structures, tilt, decentration, this was all obtained from ultrasound and the MRI before we sectioned the eyes. So after that, we sectioned the eyes to do the gross examination of the anterior segment from a posterior view, and this was to assess the IOL fixation. So all eyes with one-piece or three-piece hydrophobic acrylic lenses with a square edge on the anterior and posterior optic surfaces without symmetric in the back fixation, they were selected for further analysis. And whenever the contralateral eye of the same donor was also pseudophagic but had symmetric in the bag IOL fixation, these eyes were used as the controls. So all of the eyes were processed for complete histopathological analysis of the anterior segment and posterior segment. And some of them were also explanted before histopathology, so we could analyze the explanted lens directly under light microscopy. So basically, we were looking for findings from imaging, growth, and histopathology uh, that could be related to the out-of-the-bag fixation of the lenses. And what did you find? What were your results? Um, we had a total of 256 eyes that were implanted with hydrophobic acrylic lenses with anterior and posterior square optic edges. And out of that, 18 had uh, asymmetric or sulcus IOL fixation. Six eyes had one-piece lenses and 12 eyes had three-piece lenses. So all of these eyes underwent complete histopathological evaluation and were compared to the contralateral eyes with symmetric in the bag fixation. So the pathological findings were composed of IOL decentration, tilt, pigmentary dispersion within the anterior segment and on the IOL surface, um, iris transillumination defects, iris changes, um, different changes, including vacualization, disruption, or even loss of the pigmented layer, iris thinning, iris atrophy, and also cynician loop erosion in the case of three-piece lenses. What was interesting is that the findings were always more significant in comparison with the control contralateral eyes, and they were particularly evident in relation to the sulcus fixated haptic in the case of the one-piece lenses. In the case of the three-piece lenses, the majority of the eyes showed signs of complicated surgery. So basically, these lenses were 
electively placed in the sulcus because of complicated surgery. Therefore, all the pathological findings observed um, could not be strictly attributed to the presence uh, of the out-of-the-bag fixation. However, I wanted to mention that we have recently continued these studies. So we compare these eyes with three-piece lenses with another series of eyes with three-piece lenses in the sulcus, but IOLs with smooth, round, anterior optic edges. This study is actually being prepared for publication also, and the lead author is Dr. Andrew Ollerton. He was a fellow here with us last year. And in this study, the pathological findings were more severe in eyes implanted with 3D lenses with the square anterior optic edges, which suggests that the lenses with round anterior edges are really more suitable for sulcus fixation, and this is usually what's recommended. And to reiterate something that, that you said, for those lenses that were inadvertently placed half in the sulcus, half in the back, you, you saw the, these, these pathological changes primarily on the, the side with the haptic that was in the sulcus, not the side with the haptic that was in the back. Exactly. Uh, so we had the majority of the eyes with this single piece design. They were probably inadvertently placed in the sulcus because there was no sign of complicated surgery or posterior capsule rupture. And the pathological finds, findings in those cases were really um, um, limited to the side, the side in the sulcus. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How big a problem is CME or, or are the primary problems the pigmentary dispersion and the UGH? Um, as I mentioned already before, uh, CME is also a problem because chronic inflammation may lead to, to CME. And I wanted to mention a retrospective study done by the ASRS Cataract Clinical Committee. In this study, David Cheng and uh, colleagues, they described the findings in 30 eyes with sulcus fixated one-piece lenses. So almost one-third of the patients were taking at least one intraocular pressure lowering medication. The most common complications were pigmentary dispersion, iris translumination defects, and IOL edge symptoms because of IOL decentration and increased intraocular pressure. But intraocular bleeding and CME were relatively infrequent, but they believe this may have been underreported because of the retrospective nature of the data collection in that study. But it is also a concern. Liliana, you, you, this, this was a, a, a great paper, and it, it's for sure one of those, those papers that I read that's going to change how I, how I practice. When I read great. it, <laughs> yeah, no, truly, when I read it, you know, one question came to, 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 to mind, and I'm excited to ask you this question now. Mm-hmm. Now, in the context of this podcast, I don't like to mention brand names, but, but I'll tell you, I use the SA60, SN60, MA60, and MN60 lenses most frequently. If I have a case that requires sulcus fixation, what should I use? Now, I don't really want to open up the, 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 the wound uh, in order to put in a PMMA lens. So what do you recommend? Okay, so I believe all of the models you cited have square edges on the posterior and anterior optic surfaces. And some of the models you cited are single-piece design, so therefore they are really not indicated for cell fixation for the reasons we already discussed. 
But similar complications have also been reported with three-piece hydrophobic acrylic lenses with square anterior optic edges when they are in a piggyback configuration, but even in standard sulcus fixation. However, not all studies show that. Um, there are studies that did not show excessive interaction between these three-piece sulcus fixated lenses and the posterior iris surface in a standard sulcus fixation. In case they are used, uh, the optic can always be captured through the capsulorexis if the capsulorexis is intact. Uh, but a three-piece uh, posterior chamber intraocular lens has the advantage of thin and posteriorly angulated C-shaped haptics. Ideally, the anterior optic surface should be smooth and have rounded edges, and this is to minimize iris chafing should any posterior iris contact occur. It is usually recommended to use the longest available three-piece foldable PCI well with a minimum uh, six millimeter optic diameter for sulcus placement without capsulorexis capture. And the haptics should be angulated posteriorly. The diameter, <clears throat> the diameter of the lens should be at least 30 millimeters in this situation. And nowadays among foldable IOLs um, available in the United States, I know that the company um, Star Surgical has at least one three-piece silicone design that has a 13.5 millimeter long haptic haptic length in the 5 to 30 diopter power range. And this design has an optic diameter of 6.3 millimeters, rounded anterior edges, and a 10-degree haptic angulation. So these are all advantages um, for this particular application. In the context of your own clinical practice, what, what do you do? So uh, my time currently is totally devoted to the work in the laboratory, but uh, what I just mentioned is usually the indication here at the Moroni Center for uh, the anterior segment surgeons. Liliana, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Liliana Werner is Associate Professor at the John A. Moran Eye Center at the University of Utah in Salt Lake City, Utah. Her paper, Pathologic Assessment of Complications with Asymmetric or Sulcus Fixation of Square-Edged Hydrophobic Acrylic Intraocular Lenses, appears in the May 2012 issue of Ophthalmology. Here's some additional information about the new ASCRS Media Center. Almost all of the 2012 ASCRS ASOA meeting was audio and video recorded, and there are now more than 1,300 sessions featuring almost 1,000 speakers available online. You can view the general sessions, ASCRS paper sessions, symposia, films and posters, plus select courses and ASOA sessions on business management. It's essentially the entire meeting, anytime you want, and it's all available through the new ASCRS Media Center. If you attended the meeting, your Media Center access is free. If you're a current ASCRS or ASOA member but didn't attend, you can still see everything that you missed for the member price of $199. If you're not an ASCRS member, you can still purchase the Media Center, or better yet, join us and get the lower member price. 
To view the 2012 meeting through the Media Center, visit the ASCRS website at www.ascrs.org. If you're already a member, log in first and then click the Media Center link. If you're a guest, just click the Media Center link at the top of the page. From there, you can purchase the Chicago 2012 package or, better yet, join the ASCRS and receive the discounted member price. Ask questions of Dr. Warner or any of our previous guests or make a comment about any of the topics we've discussed. These interviews are meant to be the start of a conversation in which you participate. Write to me with your questions or comments at jyoungmd at gmail.com. As Seen From Here is a production of the American Society of Cataract and Refractive Surgery. Be a part of the next podcast. I'm Josh Young.